Welcome to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by PLAN, the Planned Lifetime Assistance Network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Our plan is your plan. Hi, I'm Jordan Rich, inviting you to enjoy a great conversation with James T. Brett, President and Chief Executive Officer of the New England Council, happens to be the nation's oldest regional business association, and we've invited Jim to the podcast because he's been a lifelong champion for people with disabilities. Recently, President Biden appointed him to serve as the chair of the President's Committee for People with Intellectual Disabilities. He previously served under Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Jim's the recipient of numerous awards for his advocacy for people with disabilities. Before we talk about that aspect of your life, Jim, let's talk about the New England Council and the impressive work that you're doing there. Well, the New England Council is 98 years old, so it makes us the oldest regional business organization in the United States. Uh, it was founded in 1925 with uh, the group of uh, governors that met in a little town in northern Maine called Poland Spring. And they met with the CEOs of the industries in 1925, which were really manufacturing, textile, shoe uh, industry. And they said that uh, we're losing a lot of our employees out of New England. They're going down south to the Carolinas, warmer climate, lower taxes. We have to find ways of working together as a region. And, um, you know, the shoe uh, manufacturer in Maine would say we have two congressmen and two senators and they love us because we have 900 employees, but our customers are in Rhode Island and Connecticut. And those roads going down are not very good. And then all of a sudden, the textile manufacturer from Rhode Island says, geez, it's funny you say that, that uh, we manufacture here all of the jewelry, and our customers are in New Hampshire and, and Vermont in particular. You're right, the roads aren't that good. So they started putting together a agenda uh, for New England, and they said, you know, we have a very small uh, population here in New England. In fact, today it's 13 and a half million people, which is about 5% of the nation's population. And they said, but if we work together, we have 12% of the United States Senate. So Vermont, no bigger than greater Boston, uh, has two United States senators. So they said, boy, if we can only find ways of working together as a region, we can be a powerhouse in Washington. And that was the genesis of the New England Council saying, let's not just think of our own city or state. Let's pick issues that are important to New England. And sure enough, they picked infrastructure, the roads, the bridges. And eventually, how about regional airports? And they did that. And then they started talking about, hey, what about the high cost of heating these manufacturing plants in Maine and Vermont and Rhode Island and Massachusetts? Oh, yeah, we agree. They're, they're very high. Let's work on that. So now it's energy. It's infrastructure. But it's a unique organization because there's no other group like this in the United States that's multi-state. Our membership is all six New England states. But our sweet spot is federal issues. So we do not get involved in city issues and traffic and congestion. We don't get involved in state issues like referendums on, you know, millionaire tax. Because if we did all of that, then we'd have cities like Hartford and Manchester, New Hampshire and Portland, Maine say, hey, we want you to get involved in our referendum that we have up mm -hmm. here. So we stay away from all those issues and we ask them to, you know, uh, go to the wonderful organizations, the chambers and the roundtable and, and other organizations to advocate on your city state. We are federal and that's what separates us from all these other organizations. And our issues have always been energy, 
tax policy, trade issues. Uh, the infrastructure bill that was just passed uh, in, the, in this uh, Congress that will give billions of dollars for all of New England as well as the country. And it was a bill that we worked on. Uh, we were very proud to play a role on advocating the importance of that bill. But what it made us feel very good, it was bipartisan. We had a lot of support, not from New England in the sense of Republicans, because we have 21 members of Congress, all in New England. Every one of them is a Democrat. And so what we were urging uh, our colleagues in New England to say, you know, reach out to your colleagues in other parts of the country to support the infrastructure bill. But at the end of the day, it was bipartisan. That's what we stress is bipartisanship. So uh, it's very important. And we're able to access people in the White House, depending on who's in the White House. doesn't matter to us because we need to have face time with policymakers. So we've been able very successfully to have the Secretary of Commerce, Secretary of Education, Secretary of uh, Health and Human Services under the different administrations and Obama and, and uh, Biden and Trump. And, and that's what our members say, boy, this New England Council, they, they seem to have access to any, any every policymaker in Washington. We do. It's because of our reputation as being hmm. nonpartisan. Mission statements, very simple, to grow the economic activity here in, in, in New England and to uh, make it a, a great place to have a family, to raise a family, to have a business, just a quality of life. But it's worked for 98 years. The formula is a successful one. We wish every region of the country had this kind of energy and passion for working together. But let's just talk really briefly about the membership that has grown substantially during your leadership. Uh, these are not all huge companies and big time operations. We're talking about some of the small businesses as well, I take it. Well over 600 members from all six New England states. But you think of all the different industries in, in, in New England, whether it's the medical and the financial or the energy or the higher ed, or the medical device, uh, or uh, pharmaceutical industry. Yes, we have all of them, which is wonderful, but we also have cities. We have, the city of Boston's a member. The city of Providence is a member. We have lots of unions that are members because we've urged the unions to say, you can't just be talking to each other in union hall. You got to get out. You got to network. You got to meet the developers and the business leaders who are investing in the community. So we have at least a dozen now of unions throughout New England that have joined the New England Council because they all say the same thing. We want to be at the table. We want to be at the table to meet uh, all of these uh, business leaders that we're able to convene. So, I mean, it's a great uh, organization. It runs across the gamut. We have, you know, we have an employer in, in Vermont that has three employees, and he says, you are my eyes and ears in Washington. You give me updates every week on what is going on in Washington. You give me an opportunity to have a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner with policymakers that I would never meet. So we love the New England Council. And whether you are three employees or 3,000, I, I think they'll all agree that they get a very, very uh, good uh, reception from the New England Council. Excellent, excellent. We'll send people to the website for more information before we conclude, of course. Let's uh, not shift gears entirely because the New England Council is involved in issues that uh, pertain to those in the disabled community. But you come at this with a personal commitment. You've been involved in the fight to help those who are disabled. What brought you to this personal mission, Jim? It started uh, when my uh, older brother, Jack, was born. And uh, unfortunately, I've, I've said before, he was born in an era where there was not uh, much in care and treatment and programs uh, 
for someone like my brother. In 1934, he was born with a, a severe uh, intellectual uh, disability. In fact, uh, the doctor at the time said to, to my mother, and, and that's why she has been my mentor, my hero, and how uh, she has advocated for people with uh, intellectual disabilities. Here she is, sixth grade education, not knowing anyone in the city of Boston other than her husband, has this first child, and uh, he has uh, ID, intellectual disabilities. The doctor says to my mother, we will take your son uh, and uh, we'll put him in an institution. Uh, we'll have a roof over his head and three meals a day. He probably will not live that long. And while I have you, I advise you not to have other children because you had a very difficult pregnancy. And, uh, and he made the comment, with that, the burden has been lifted uh, when we can take uh, your son. My mother, sixth grade education, immigrant uh, from Ireland, said to the doctor that he's coming home. I'm going to have more children and he's going to be part of their lives and they're going to be part of his life. And she stood up and she walked out and she turned to the doctor and said, he's not a burden. He's a blessing. Mm -hmm. And when he came home, even though I was the youngest, he was the oldest in my my years there living with my brother. He had an IQ of 36 he became my teacher in the sense of he opened my eyes, my heart to the issue of disabilities, how one lives with disabilities. And because of that, uh, I realized that uh, I think there's a mission here for me to help other people uh, in my career, whatever the career takes, to be an advocate for people with disabilities because I, I really felt that there was not mm. much uh, in the line of program services someone like my brother and I said it's, it's a sad commentary so I spent an awful lot of time uh, in the legislature advocating uh, for the issue of disabilities for people to try to get them more housing transportation other services uh, and I did 16 years in the legislature I left there in 1996 and the governor at the time was Jane Swift she asked me to be the chair of the governor's commission because she says you're a business leader you're a family advocate this is a perfect opportunity for you to continue your advocacy. And I've been very blessed to be able to be the chairman under uh, Jane Swift, a Republican, Mitt Romney uh, as chair, a Republican, uh, Deval Patrick, a Democrat, is appointed to be chair, Charlie Baker, a uh, Republican, appointed to be chair. And then, uh, you know, uh, Mara Healy has asked me to stay on as the chair, a Democrat. I've been blessed to be on the President's Committee on Disabilities, uh, appointed by President Bush. President Obama appointed me chairman. Uh, President uh, Biden appointed me chairman. He just reappointed me chairman just recently. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, as the Speaker of the House, makes one appointment to the National Council of Disabilities. She's uh, placed me in, in that uh, position. And every time I start my meetings on disability, I have a picture of my brother there. As I'm always reminded, there are an awful lot of Jack Bretts out there that have no advocate helping them right. on the day-to-day. -day. Right. So I spent a lot of time advocating uh, employment because there are 60% of people who have disabilities who want to work or unemployed. It's a disgrace. There's a major disparity in healthcare and how people are treated uh, in the healthcare field who have disabilities, whether they're blind, autistic, Down syndrome. So we're working on that. There's a serious uh, discrepancy out there involving oral health care for people with disabilities. We can't get enough dentists. We'll take care of a uh, the individual that has the, the, the ID, the intellectual disability, like DD, developmental disability. So we're working across the table on that. But I love the issues. I love 
talking about it. I think you can see the passion is there. And uh, but it all started with a man by the name of Jack Brett. Great tribute to him. And you're so darn good and passionate. Uh, you cannot take a day off. Apparently, everyone wants to have you re up testimony to your uh, your dedication. Uh, let me ask you to review in your own head and just uh, in a general sense progress that we've made. One of the progressive moves has been in the legal end with estate planning. That's what Plan of Massachusetts and Rhode Island is all about. But over the years, you've seen it all. You've been at the helm for much of it. What is the good news out there for those in the disabled community? Probably the thing that I'm very proud of, and I mentioned it tangentially, the oral health. Prior to this past uh, 18 months, the dental schools did not have a course on how to treat or diagnose people with disabilities. So they were able to graduate and be able to say as a dentist, I can't take care of your son or daughter who has this disability because I'm not trained uh, to diagnose or even treat. So we've changed the curriculum in all the dental schools throughout the United States. And boy, do we feel good about that. And many people say, well, that's a no-brainer. My dentist, you know, I have no problem getting to him. And that's a huge problem because I want to make sure that people who uh, have the disability, who want to work, also have good health. And if you don't have good oral health, it's going to be a problem getting them employed. So I take great pride in how we were able to change the curriculum of the dental schools to say to them, you know, there's one area that you're, you're missing out on and it's how to diagnose and treat people with disabilities. It's interesting but, to note that it's so much more than accessibility and ramps and things that are so important. And right, those right. are major milestones, but it's, it's multi-layered when we're trying to help these people. Right. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, you know, we have to get away from the, from the DIS and stress the, the ability. It's ability. Everyone has ability. And this is what I say all the time when I meet with people with, with disabilities. That's the first question. I ask. What do you do during the day? Because I don't want to hear that they're at home, just sitting at home. Everyone needs to be able to contribute to the community. And I know so many people in the disabled community. They all want to be just like you and me. They want to be able to say they work, they contribute, they're part of the community. And uh, that's what we're trying to do is to work with so many businesses to say, look, we have 11 million unfilled jobs out there. We got about five and a half million people who are unemployed. That's a big gap. Isn't this the time to say, wait a minute, maybe we should look at people with disabilities. They do have something to contribute. And uh, that's what we're trying to you know, present to a lot of the CEOs throughout the country in, in my position. And slowly we're making progress, but I'm okay. I understand it's, it's a step at a time, but I, we're in the right direction and we're working very hard. We've got a wonderful cadre of, uh, of advocates helping us throughout the country on it, but there is much more work to be done. We've got to get more housing for people with disabilities. Got a better, you have to have better access to transportation for people with disabilities. The governor just announced here in Massachusetts Yesterday, and I had the opportunity to be there, more of an accessibility uh, on uh, all technology throughout the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for people who have hard of hearing or blind. So we're cognizant that disabilities is now top of the agenda with an awful lot of the elected officials. So I'm, I'm grateful that they are uh, they're supporting these initiatives. 
Well, you're in a position to make change and more importantly, as you said earlier, to bring people and organizations together. Very effective model. And why don't we have you provide us with the web address for the New England Council. It's pretty easy. It's the name, but go ahead. Yeah, it's newenglandcouncil.com. You can look at all of our uh, updated uh, you know, information on events and also look at some of the uh, accomplishments that we've worked on, pieces of legislation. You can look at our membership. You can look at our staff and all. We're a small organization. We have a staff here in Boston. We have a staff in Washington. But I think most people would agree that we we truly fight above our weight in producing quality work here in New England. Well, you come from a very fine family. I know your brother. I know others in the family. And I can only say this. Your mother, God bless and rest her soul, she is very, very proud. And I'm sure your brother is as well. Thank you, Jim, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity, Jordan. Thank you. We want to thank you for listening to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by PLAN, the Planned Lifetime Assistance Network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. PLAN is a 501c3 nonprofit company where the goal for every one of its clients is always to preserve assets, protect benefits, and live well. For more, visit www.planofma-ri.org. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast. And thank you for sharing it with others. Our plan is your plan.